basically what happened was once once I figured out, okay, I think this e-commerce thing is what I'm really going to go after in the online space. And right after that, I woke up on my 32nd birthday in Malaysia completely blind, like literally woke up in my sleep at 4am just totally screaming like, Oh my God, I don't know what's happening to me. It was hurting. It was burning, whatever was happening and having kind of no, no clue. And I was completely black. I showed up for myself and I was like, this isn't going to stop me. I want to travel the world blind or not. I want to build an online business to support myself blind or not. And I'm going to figure out how to do this thing. And I just stepped into that every single day. We stand today. The Business Method with a shout The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their online and location-independent business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that had built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we are interviewing 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that generate a million dollars or more in annual revenue. There's a growing movement of people building these caliber of businesses and we are getting behind the minds, the logic, and the science of what it takes to build businesses like this. On top of that, we also gather entrepreneurs at events and retreats around the world. This October, we are having our annual event in Thailand. Get shit done live. It's 10 days of high-performance productivity, targeted collaboration, and rapid execution designed for entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done in a little amount of time. Some say it's like 10 months of work in 10 days. There's a magic that happens when brilliant minds come together to push one another towards productive execution. That is exactly what this retreat is about. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That is thebusinessmethod.com. Now, let's jump in today's show. The Business Method. I want to start today's introduction off like this. I love today's podcast and I love today's guest. It's the first time I ever talked with her, but her story is so incredibly inspiring that it blew me away and I think it'll blow you away too. Tiffany Julie is our guest today, and she's a super nomadic, world-traveling, seven-figure location independent entrepreneur. She started out by sailing the open seas as a yacht captain for several years before starting her own business fixing and repairing yachts. She quickly grew that to a seven-figure business with a team of 12 and had a dream life, but knew something bigger was calling her. So she sold all of her things, camped across the country, and then bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. After arriving, she and her partner, traveled around living in different countries and testing new online businesses. Finally, they decided to start an e-commerce store and put all of their time into that when she woke up on her 32nd birthday at 4 a.m. completely blind. Yes, you heard me right, completely blind. This, as you can imagine, absolutely changed her life. She then flew back to the U.S. and met with some of the best eye doctors in the world looking for solutions. The only problem was is that the doctors were stumped. They had never seen a case like Tiffany's before and they didn't know how to fix it. This is when Tiffany reached deep inside herself and threw herself into meditation, personal development podcast, and positive thinking. The deeper she went into her meditations, the more she had the feeling that everything was going to be okay. She held on to positive 
positive thoughts and positive emotions knowing that she would be healed. And she even kept working and growing her newly launched e-commerce business. It took her six long months and finally one day she woke up and she could see light again. She wasn't completely healed, but it was the first step. She got so excited that her and her partner bought tickets to move back to Thailand. She's continued the healing process and she can now see much better. Another incredible aspect of the story is that in year one of her e-commerce business, while she was blind and partially blind, Tiffany pulled in $1.4 million in sales. Year two has just passed and the business did over $2 million. Now Tiffany is branching off into coaching female entrepreneurs to help them be the best that they can be. It's an absolutely amazing story, you guys. I hope you'll check this one out. And without further ado, let's welcome Tiffany Julie to the show. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics. Listeners, I'm really excited to welcome an amazing location-independent entrepreneur, Tiffany Julie, to the show. Tiffany, how are you today? I am doing excellent. Thank you, Chris, for asking. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. And you're calling in from the other side of the planet, Mexico. Which part of Mexico are you in? We are in Playa de Carmen, so it's about 45 minutes south of Cancun. And you've been based there for a little while, right? Yeah, we've been here a little over a year. Um, probably going to work on about two years before we decide to head on to the next destination. And what I've noticed with a lot of um, more established location-independent entrepreneurs is they like to spend an extended period of time in one location or one new country or one new city and then after a year when you know maybe six months a year or two years and go find another spot and it sounds like that's kind of where you guys are at why did you choose Playa del Carmen for for your base now well yeah I mean when we first started traveling and went overseas it was sort of like we were on fire. You know, every three months we were in a new country and we were doing the whole backpacking thing, but that got to be extremely exhausting, especially while trying to run a business. So, you know, the finding internet and all this and that. Um, and we finally came to the conclusion that we just needed to be somewhere and we love the beach and we love the tropical because we're from Florida and we were just, okay, well, let's try Mexico. You know, it's close to the States to fly in and out. And we had been gone for a while, um, about two years. And so we just decided to come to Mexico. We've never been here. We just were like, okay, we read great things about Playa de Carmen and we just bought a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> what, what makes you stay there? What makes you love it now? Well, um, we were here because we had to be close to the U S for certain circumstances that we'll probably talk about later in the podcast, um, for medical reasons, just to be close to the doctors in case something was to happen. But as of this point, we, we actually fell in love with Mexico and we're able now with the way we've set up our business with building a team while we've been here to allow us more time freedom. So we are more able now to actually go and do the things that we want to do around here, like go to Cuba and, you know, Peru and all the amazing things that are really close by to us that we weren't necessarily able to do before without our team. And so now we're just like, okay, well, we might as well stay for the next, you know, six or 12 months and do all the cool things that we've wanted to do up until now before we head out. 
I, I absolutely love Mexico and just the culture there. It just feels like when I'm there, it feels like such a great place. I'm curious, have you found uh, a community of uh, like-minded entrepreneurs uh, in Playa del Carmen? Yeah, we have. There's a pretty eclectic crew here, to be honest with you. There's, oh, everything from just travelers coming in and out. But actually, we've made really great friends with a lot of people who come here a lot throughout the year. They use this as like one of their staple points. Mm -hmm. So I know one of our similar friends, she comes, you know, at least a couple times a year. And we've made a lot of great friends with people who do the same. So they're kind of in a spot for four or five months and then they'll come here to Playa for, you know, another four months. And so it's kind of an interesting mix of crowd. And then there are a lot of people just transient come in, they pop in for a month and then they head back out and you never really see them again over on this side of the world. But um, there definitely is a community here of really great people. Good. How's your Spanish? Hablas Espanol? Oh my gosh, you know what? I wish. I totally wish. And this is so awful of me to say, but I know very, very, very little Spanish. It's only because the places we kind of go and the people that we hang out with are more of everyone speaks English. And so it's that language that everyone sort of falls back on. Um, and I haven't been forced to use it yeah. a lot here. I know that sounds really counterintuitive, but I really haven't been. And so. It just hasn't been something on the list, but since we're going to be here a little bit longer, I feel in my heart that I will head in that direction. <laughs> well, if you need any tips, let me know. I, I did a intensive, I created my own intensive 80, 20, 90, 10 uh, Spanish course that took me about three months to kind of be conversationally fluent. So, so if you need any tips, just feel free to reach out. I lived in Costa oh Rica. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I lived in Costa Rica for a year in 2012, and I was like, if I'm going to be here this long, I've got to figure out the language. But it was the last three months that I was there when I finally learned it. <laughs> yeah, I think that will be me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe after another month or two, I'll, I'll dive into it. So I'll, I'll hit you up at that time. Okay, <laughs> for okay, sure. sounds good. I'm excited to have you on the show. I was going over uh, the history. You know, you sent me some messages about your history as a location independent entrepreneur and traveler. And I love when I, we get like solid people that just really love blending that location independence and traveling and creating that lifestyle of their dreams. And you've done so many things like you've traveled for seven years on yachts. You were a yacht captain, had a woodworking yacht company, fixed up old boats, uh, camped across the U.S., lived in all these countries across the world. You know, now you have an e-com business that's pulling over $2 million and and now you're in building a, a female entrepreneur tribe and coaching them, which is very impressive. And, and I know there's a lot more to talk about, but I just want to kind of get to know you and you can tell your story about why you love travel and how that evolved into becoming the entrepreneur that you are today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've definitely not lived the conventional life in, in the <laughs> eyes of like what's traditional as growing up in the U.S., what they would say to you, right? So um, I think it all starts back when I was young. You know, my mom, it was just me and her growing up. She was a single parent, but she was very much an entrepreneur. She always owned her own businesses. And so from a very young age, she really taught me the characteristics that are needed to be an entrepreneur and to, she really showed me possibility that I had a choice, you know, in 
what I wanted to do in my life. And she was very supportive within that. So she taught me things like how to be resilient, you know, consistency, independence, all sorts of um, qualities that were amazing. And then it sort of was, as you can tell, I'm not the traditional um, type of girl at all. And so when I graduated high school, I was sort of like that rebel, the, the rebel that was, oh, I'm going to do it my way. And <laughs> I didn't go to school, um, the traditional four-year college type of thing. And I just said to myself, well, Tiffany, what, what actually do you love? What resonates with you? What do you want to try? What really lights you up? And for some reason, I really was drawn to boats and sailing and the water. And there was something just so glamorous and expansive about all of it. And I just told myself, well, heck, I'm just I'm going to move to Florida where all the yachts are located and I'm going to sign myself up, you know, for to be a yacht captain. And I'm going to see where that takes me. And that's really when I started my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey within everything. So, so then you continued as traveling on yachts for seven years. Is that right? Well, it wasn't exactly seven years. So as I was a yacht captain, that was just for a few years. But what that really taught me was really showed me the ability, like our confidence and what we have to have as an entrepreneur and the, in our belief to figure it out, you know, in any moment's time, right? Like there's always fires to put out. There's always things that we're solving all the time. And really being out at sea and being on these boats was like a huge thing in that because at any moment there was always something happening where I had to take charge and tell the crew, okay, we've got to do this. We've got to do that. We've got to figure this out because sometimes we were in storms and our life was on the line, you Mm. know, so you don't have a lot of time. You got to think quick on your feet. You got to be a leader. You got to really make decisions. And so I really learned that, you know, the belief in my ability to figure things out in any moment, and there's never really a problem because there's always a solution. And so that was like the biggest sort of turning point. And when I wanted to come back onto land, so being out at sea, as you could imagine, for that many years and sort of delivering yachts and having that kind of stress level um, and responsibility, I was at a point where I was like, okay, well, I want to go back to land, but I want to use all of the knowledge. I saw such an opportunity to use the knowledge of all the things that I had figured out how to fix out at sea, you know, on these boats and the things that could happen, I figured all these other boats were going to need these repairs or these preparations or whatever it was when they were on land. And so I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to start and I'm going to build a yacht repair company. And so (laughs) I just started, I was like, I went around the docks and I just was like, Hey, you know, I know how to do all these skills. You know, I know how to do fiberglass work, gel coat, woodworking, you know, you name it, I knew how to do it. And I started to get work and I got so busy and the quality of work that I was giving people was like bar none to a lot of people in in the area. And so I got so busy that I had to start hiring help. And I had a huge wait list and I just went after it. And I ended up hiring about 12 people. I had 12 people working for me at one point. And we were doing well over seven figures. Um, And that really taught me like the next set of skills that every entrepreneur needs, you know, leadership, how to build a team, project management, um, 
and owning my own worth was huge within that, right? Because yeah. I had to go to these big yachts and quote these huge numbers. And <laughs> I remember being on my first, like quoting my first $15,000 job. And I was on that boat and there's little old me. And I'm like this girl talking to this, you know, um, huge guy on his 110 foot boat. And I'm like, yeah, you know, this is going to cost 15 K. And it was the moment where it was one of the scariest moments in my life. And yeah. one of the most awesome moments, because when I said that out loud, he just turned around and looked at me with a big smile on his face and was like, okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I have a huge business here. And it just sort of scaled itself from there because then I started owning like, okay, more and more the worth of the work we were doing. And they weren't blinking an eye at this stuff. And so because of the quality of work that we were providing and I don't know, that's just like all the things I learned within the whole yachting. And I think it was seven years combined by owning um, the yacht repair company and then being a yacht captain. And then also I, you know, bought my own, my boat and I restored it and I flipped it and I did a couple of those in the meantime as well with my crew of 12 people. So it's a, then it was an interesting ride for sure. I find that uh, a lot of, uh, well, everybody really has kind of a monetary thermometer on, especially us entrepreneurs on what we think we're worth or having, you know, maybe going to the next level quoting numbers like that. You know, you had, you were really scared to quote $15,000 and then, but we want to make more money, but there's a part of us uh, sometimes that says, no, you know, that's too much or, you know, you're not worth worth making that much. And so I'm curious if you don't mind kind of diving into your experience, you know, your, your quote for $15,000. And then I'm sure you went up as time went on doing different projects. Uh, how have you overcome those challenges and those mental barriers of growing a business to higher numbers and being confident in giving those type of quotes? Well, I think it all starts with your identity. So to understand and know that uh, you decide your worth, right? Like, you know, I know there's market value and, and that whole mentality around things. But I think once you can visualize and understand and know that I think there's always a next level for all of us, right? Like, yeah. I think we all somewhat play small, even when we think we're playing big. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think like... It's just a matter of stretching yourself always outside of your comfort zone. So I do a lot of this work with my clients and it's like I encourage them to set money goals, not where they think that not what they think they can get, but what they actually want and desire in their life. You know, what is that dollar that's going to support this lifestyle that you really want to have, you know, and not to set goals around what you think you're worth or, or what you think you can get, because that's playing small. I think when you when you sort of go there, you have to push yourself a little outside of your comfort zone. You know, if you're setting goals and they don't make you scared shitless, then I think you're <laughs> doing something wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you've got to have that bigger vision and you've just got to own your worth, whatever, whatever that is. And I think as you start to do that, then you start to open up your scope wider and wider and wider. I don't think it's like, yes, you know, you start with, at some level and you're like, yes, I'm, I'm worth a million dollars. I think it starts, okay, well, what am I, what's my comfort zone and what's past my comfort zone just a little bit. And every time you do that, you will eventually get up to 
you know, seven figures, eight figure goals and stuff like that. And so I think it's just the more you step into your skin and you're, the more you're comfortable with it, it's sort of like that confidence, confidence loop, right? Like the more you keep talking about this stuff out loud with people and the more you understand your value, the more confident you get in it because the more confidence you get, com- confident you get within it and the more knowledge that you get. And if you slip up one time, you know, when the numbers are coming out of your mouth and you're having that discussion, you're going to learn what not to do next time. And I think the more you learn what not to do and what to do, you become, you almost like embody that number even more. For you, do you continually practice that? So like, you know, you guys did 2 million in your business, I think the past year. And so are you thinking like, okay, I want to do 3 million for the next year? Is that a continual growing process for you guys? Oh, absolutely. It's always the next level, right? So every single day, it's the big visions. You know, we have a morning practice. You know, I get up, I have my visions, I actually understand what it takes to be that person because the universe, God, Buddha, whatever you believe in doesn't respond to what you want. It responds to who you're being. And so every single day I ask that question, like, who do I have to show up as today to, to go to that next level, whatever that number is, right? And we're always stretching past what we've already accomplished because, you know, And then it just goes to show you too, like looking back on it, I'm like, wow, I, I was playing so small. And I think every year that goes by, I'm like, holy crap. And I just end up going bigger because I end up realizing we really can have beer, do anything we want, as long as we just believe that to be true and take those steps, those action steps every day towards that and actually start to be that person. every day and start to make decisions based on where we want to be not where we not where we are today because that's how you're going to get to the next level and so always stretching for sure very well put okay so after the the yacht chapter of your life you then got into you just uh, you started traveling around the world and you lived in numerous different countries right is that is that how did that evolve from the yacht business to deciding to work online and travel? Well, basically I came up to like this early midlife crisis where, you know, I had this yacht company, I had all these employees, I had the house, I had the boat, I had all the things, you know, society really tells you that you're going to be happy when you get to this destination, sort of speak. And I just kept waking up every day feeling super unfulfilled, like, that voice in your head that says you there's more out there for you you know and every day that went by I was ignoring that it got louder and louder and louder like screaming at me hey this isn't (laughs) your purpose like there's more for you and I was passionate about the boats but it was in a different way than I am in what you know my coaching business today and and really serving and helping on such a different level right and so I just basically said to myself, you know, I've figured out everything up until now and I love to travel and I want to actually travel on my own terms, right? Because 
it was great and amazing. And I'm not saying I'm so grateful for delivering the boats all over the world, but I was sort of still on somebody else's time frame, yeah. you know, and I wasn't really the one making those decisions. Right. And so I wanted to actually be in charge of my own life and my own business and to be able to have that time freedom and just travel freedom. Right. And to build that location independent business, whatever that looked like for me, which I didn't know at the time what it was, but I knew I had to go after that anyway. And so I basically just sold everything I owned and bought a one-way ticket to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to and do I it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just doing the thing. You know, I, I hear all these people doing it. If they can do it, then I can too. And so, and you know, I was leery about everyone and all their, you know, this is how much money I make online because I had never done it. I had always owned a brick and mortar business. You know, nothing was ever online. I didn't even have a website and I was running, you know, a seven plus figure business. Um, I didn't have business cards, nothing. It was purely word of mouth. And so this was kind of foreign to me when we started in the online space, trying to figure out how to do this thing. But, you know, bought the one way ticket and we traveled around to multiple different countries. And finally, after all the research that I had done, Um, and I had met some other online e-commerce owners and I was like, okay, well, this sounds like a really cool thing to do. And so I think I'm going to decide to do this. And that's when I decided to open up a store. And what year was that, Tiffany? That was two years ago. So let's see, 2016, October, actually. So you guys have had immense amount of success in the past two years, right? Oh my gosh. Like it (laughs) first year. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, it was 1.4 million in sales our first year, and that was um, just with the store. Wow. So I, I've talked to a lot. Of, I know a lot of ecom people. We've had a lot of ecom people on the show, and uh, most of the ones coming on the show are doing amazing numbers. But I'd I'd like to ask you for the listeners that are running ecom businesses out there, what do you think? There's, there's just so many people that do create e-com stores and they struggle to grow it, even to six figures sometimes. What do you think made made it different for you guys to have, you know, hit two million in two years and in one point four in one year? Well, I think that was the consistency, right? So every single day we showed up to to grow it, you know, and you need traffic. It's like the number one thing. And if you you've got to have multiple sources of traffic. So it's sort of like putting your eggs in different baskets, you know, because if you only rely on getting traffic from, let's just say Facebook, and then all of a sudden your ads sort of um, exhaust themselves, which they do. And then you're in the middle of trying to figure out sort of the next funnel that you're going to build that will be successful. You've got to still have traffic coming from multiple sources in order to make up for the one that may be lagging. And I see a lot of people in e-commerce missing this piece. You know, you've, you've got to have traffic sources from multiple areas in order for this thing to work. Right. And so that, I think that was the biggest thing for us is that we have multiple traffic sources coming at all times. And so we're going through the same thing right now. We've got one that's sort of drying up and there's more competition coming on the market in that space. And so we've got to get more creative and I also think it's it's really the belief in your ability to figure it out, right? Because if there's other competition coming on the market, what can you do to be different? You know, how are you different? What, how do you stand up for your customer? Like our store gives amazing customer service and that's 
one of my expertise, right? Like from working on yachts, I had to give great customer service. Otherwise it wasn't going to happen for me. Right? Like, so it's sort of like, I understand that it's about the customer. It's not about us. It's not about anything else. And so how can you provide that amazing customer experience? Because all of us are competing with the Amazons. You know, we don't sell anything on Amazon. We don't sell anything on eBay. We are just solely on our own on the internet land. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, that's, that would be my number one thing is multiple traffic sources and then amazing customer service. And how are you giving a different experience to that customer where they're going to want to come to you? What are some of the traffic sources that you recommend to other entrepreneurs? Well, I guess that sort of depends on what your product is, where your ideal clients are hanging out. Because I think there's massive amounts of, you know, opportunity everywhere. So Instagram, uh, we do really well on running Facebook ads and we have a high dollar item, right? So we sell consumer electronics and a lot of people say Facebook doesn't work for high dollar items. Well, that's completely wrong. Like as long as you know how to write copy and split test and do your images and see what's working and what's resonating, then I think you can actually create whatever you want on whatever traffic source. I don't care what, how much your product ends up being. And so I think it's just, I don't know. I think podcasts really work for the right, for the right product and the right podcast because we did that and it didn't work for us. But I know a lot of other people in e-commerce where that's like one of their main sources of traffic. So it's sort of like you've got to just get out there and test and trial and not think you're failing. If one doesn't work, you just move on to the next and say, okay, well that might've not worked very well for us right now. Maybe it will in the future, but I'm going to move on to the next thing and just consistently show up for it. And I think you'll be successful with it. So I'm wondering if you recommend, I know a lot of people would recommend trying one platform or one funnel or one source of traffic for a certain amount of time, just focusing on that one and then going to another one and then going to another one to continue to build those different sources. Uh, Is that the strategy you guys used or do you recommend a shotgun strategy, trying them all at once or how did it play out for you? Well, I think that's a personality. (laughs) Again, I think it really depends on who you are because I definitely see like there are people that are successful doing multiple at the same time, but you've got to be really strategic and you've got to keep track and have a great system to track your progress. Because if you try to go do a bunch of things and you don't have the spreadsheets to support it, you don't actually track the data uh, closely, I don't think it's going to benefit you. So I think really, if you're that person who's organized, who loves spreadsheets, who loves data, who loves analytics, I think that that could work for you. Um, what we did is that it was that one at a time. And so, you know, we concentrated on one thing at a time and got the sales coming in and the traffic coming in for that and really optimized the traffic. So, you know, how can we convert better? How can we, you know, make this customer experience better before moving on to the next thing? Because the more you do that, the next thing is going to be easier to sort of work out for you. And so I feel like that's probably the better way to go. Unless you're like that person who's just needs like a million things going (laughs) on at once, which I know because some of my clients, they thrive in that environment. But that definitely is not like my jam. I like to be okay 
let's focus on this one thing, let's do this, let's optimize it, and then let's move on to the next thing. But it wasn't, we didn't take very long to move on to the next thing because you know, you've know you gotta be retargeting all of those people that are coming to your website, and so you've gotta do that in some way. And Facebook and Google are like the two biggest ways that we do that. So I know over the past few years, you, you got to live in Thailand and Malaysia and Bali and Singapore, and now you're based in, in Mexico. But um, you told me this morning that you had an incident in Malaysia that it shocked me. I didn't know, but it was absolutely life changing for you. And you actually went blind uh, while you were there. Do you do you mind diving into that story a bit? Yeah, no, and you guys heard that right. <laughs> he said, <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like, huh? Like, huh? I don't even know. When when I tell people that, they're like, what? I, I can't even tell, you know? And even when I, I was blind, a lot of people couldn't tell because I was just so about uh, not letting it take over and consume my life and, and me actually thriving through that process instead of merely just, like, surviving, you know? Um, and it's totally a mindset behind that whole thing. But basically what happened was once it, once I figured out, okay, I think this e-commerce thing is what I'm really going to go after in the online space. Cause there's so many opportunities, so much opportunity to make money. And basically right after that, I woke up on my 32nd birthday in Malaysia, completely blind, like wow. literally woke up in my sleep at 4am, just totally screaming like, Oh my God, I don't know what's happening to me. It was hurting. It was burning. Whatever was happening and having kind of no no clue, and I was completely black, like completely in the dark. Wow. So basically, it was a journey, you know, it was, obviously, we traveled back to the U.S. and went to see the best corneal specialists in the U.S., which was Boston, Massachusetts, and, you know, nobody, they never actually figured out what specifically happened, so really? it could have been like a bacteria or an amoeba or something that sort of permeated in the eye and then um, ate away the cornea. So it basically like overnight ignited and ate away both of my corneas, which is something that just doesn't happen, right? It was a fluke. Um, They've never seen that in two eyes out of anybody. So they were sort of flying in doctors all over the world to like look at my case, which is pretty scary when you're in the hands of the people who are supposed to know and they don't. Right. Um, and so it was, I had to work through like this whole period of super uncertainty and literally it tested every ounce of me to, and in that moment, like I remember being at my mom's house and I remember just saying, okay, everyone is so chaotic around me and there's chaos within me, obviously, because my body is just freaked out. I don't have a whole sense anymore. (laughs) And I just said to myself, well, listen, you know, you've been able up until up until now to figure out anything and whatever you've set your mind to, you've really succeeded at. And so this is no different. And it really rang true to me, like the statement when people say life is happening for you and not to you. And I said, there's got to be a reason. And I just started asking, you know, show me what this purpose is. There's got to be something on the other side of this divine storm. You know, the universe had a different set of plans for me than I had had in that moment. But it's sort of like embracing that unknown, stepping into it, leaning into it, and really showing up for the strength inside that we all have. You know, because everyone has that strength inside of them to do whatever it is that they want to do, get through whatever it is that they need to get through in order to 
live whatever life they want to have. But I feel like a lot of people don't understand that. And I don't know. I just, I showed up for myself and I was like, this isn't going to stop me. I want to travel the world blind or not. I want to build an online business to support myself blind or not. And I'm going to figure out how to do this thing. And I just stepped into that every single day. I mean, Wayne Dyer, the Hay House podcast, Tony Robbins were like my new best friends. (laughs) (laughs) I woke up, I meditated, you know, my ass off at 4 a.m. I'm taking cold showers. Like I am totally just showing up and learning exactly who I am and push myself further than I ever thought possible and pulled out that power every day. And I said, yeah, and I'm going to do the same thing with this business. And so I called suppliers. Obviously, I had people dialing the phone for me. Um, But I called suppliers, I built relationships with these people, I got them on board, you know, it's really hard in the beginning in an e commerce store when you've never done it to call major suppliers, especially when we're in a competitive market of consumer electronics that usually doesn't happen that they like welcome you with open arms on board at first. And I never got turned down once because I just was so, you know, I was just so determined to make this work and everything just sort of fell into place. And so I said to myself, you know, if all these other people can heal themselves of cancer and crazy things, right. That I was listening to on all these podcasts. And I said, I can do the same in this situation. You know, so I just showed up for that every day. I believed that that was going to happen. I stepped into that vision every single day in my meditations and I started to heal slowly. And after about six months, I was able to get a little bit of vision back. Mm-hmm. And that was like, okay, this is happening. I can, it's, I can actually see all the fruits of this labor. And we launched the store. In October, was, which was the first month that I was starting to gain a little bit of vision back. And I said, okay, I'm ready to travel. Let's do this thing. Let's get the ticket from Doc that says I'm cool because there's nothing they can do for me from this point out, right? Unless I was going to go have surgery which, and have a corneal transplant, which I had no interest in doing, right? So there was nothing they were going to do for me further. And she said, oh, you are the bravest soul that I've ever met. (laughs) Go live your life. Because the more you're going to be happy is the more you're going to heal, right? Like if you're in a high vibe state, you're going to be able to attract high vibe things. And so I was like, just kept the faith as hard as it was. And of course, don't get me wrong, there were really hard times within that. Um, But yeah, we launched the store October. We left. We flew back to uh, Asia and we started traveling around again. We lived in Malaysia, Singapore again. And that's the year the store did 1.4 million in, in wow. revenue, which is amazing. How long when after from when you arrived in the hospital, uh, how long were you there until they they released you? Well, I I was staying with my mom and so they didn't well, I was there for maybe two nights. Okay. And when that happens, there's nothing they can do for you. So okay. There, like the bacteria, because I had started some antibiotic when I was over in Malaysia, obviously when I first went to the hospital um, and I didn't have a clue what was happening, they put me immediately on antibiotic. And so once they did that, it sort of killed off whatever was in there or was killing it off. And by the time I flew over the next 48 hours back to the US, they couldn't tell what was what was happening. And so I had antibiotic to put in my my eye every hour. Wow. And so I wasn't sleeping for like 
probably three weeks <laughs> when we had to wake up every hour to put the, put the drops in to kill whatever was happening in there. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was at my mom's house through that whole, I whole thing. I wasn't at the hospital during that time. So, uh, and you were a hundred percent blind, correct? Yeah. Like dark, like right. black, like nothing, no light. I couldn't see anything. It and was crazy. In those early days, you described it a little bit, but I'm curious, like, what are some of the feelings and emotions that came up for you in those, like, say, first three weeks? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Confusion. Why is this happening to me? A lot of questions. Like, I remember one morning I woke up and I was in my meditation and all I heard was, you're going to be okay. And I think that was like by the grace of God, like whatever voice was talking to me, I just held on to that the whole time. And uh, I felt like this sense of peace through the whole process, as as crazy as that sounds. Um, but I was fearful, you know, I was like, okay, well, what if this is, is going to last? You know, how am I going to, how am I going to live my life? What does that look like? And I did my best to push through it anyway. I mean, I remember <laughs> forcing myself to go outside for a walk and I took a cane and I was like kind of feeling around and I would go to the stop sign and I would feel the stop sign and then I would go back to my mom's house and then I would go a little bit further. I would kind of go take a left around the corner a little and come back and like it was just really interesting because then all your other senses are heightened and so the dogs barking, the cars driving by, like it was probably not safe, but I was very stubborn. Nobody could tell me any different. I didn't want to be that person that like, you know, I, I didn't want to be a burden on other people. And I was trying my hardest to allow the help in. And I think that was probably one of the hardest parts was I'm, I'm very independent. Um, mm -hmm. and I do what I want to do, but there was points where I did need help you know, and to really ask for that wasn't in my blood at the time. And now I really realize how important that really is. And it humbled me because I don't think we're meant to do this thing alone, especially being entrepreneurs. Like now that I have a support system around me and I hang out with entrepreneurs doing the same thing, I am a support system for a lot of people. As you can see, I built up, you know, a Facebook group of a thousand amazing female entrepreneurs and you know, I really think community is important. I don't think we're meant to do any of this alone. And so that was a huge learning curve for me as well. But it was scary, I think. Yeah, I hope that answered your question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to put myself in your shoes and just imagine how I would handle that. And I'm just amazed how you did. But it seems like your meditations and uh, helped a lot throughout that process. Uh, were you just meditating daily or did you extend out your meditations to do longer meditations or, or, um, how did that play out? Oh my gosh. Morning. I would get up at 4am. I would probably meditate till six, oh, wow. um, afternoon sessions, evening sessions. They were all sorts of different meditations. I was trying to do a lot of visualizing the healing happening and actually what am I going to feel when I um, cause our, it's interesting you're in Chiang Mai and yeah. actually our next flight 
we were moving to Chiang Mai from Malaysia. Oh, wow. Right after that to start our e-com because you know how there's a lot of community around e-commerce stores in Chiang Mai. Mm -hmm. And so we knew a bunch of people there and we were headed there. And so it sort of interrupted that, obviously. <laughs> and when we came to the US, I was just kept visualizing Chiang Mai and all the pictures that I saw of it and how beautiful it was. And I just, I just spent so much time living in the space of this, I am going to be healed and I am going to see Chiang Mai when this is done because it will be done. And we flew, that was the first place that we flew back to was Chiang Mai. Okay. And I had just enough vision to see when we went there, um, what I was actually visualizing in my meditations. Oh, cool. And it was beautiful. I think I cried for like the first whole entire week when I was there. <laughs> like through the blurriness of still being really severely blind. I mean, I wasn't in the dark, but what happened was when I had ulcers going on in the eye and when the corneas grew back, they grew back with massive scars on them. So mm -hmm. if you could imagine like a windshield with massive frost on it, and you're trying to look through the frost and see things because obviously a scar is white. Yeah. And so like that's sort of what I was looking through for a very long time for the past two years since that happened. Wow. And it's slowly been healed. I mean, I still meditate every day. I still visualize that and there's still healing happening in my body every day. It's a slow process. And I think patience was probably <laughs> the number one thing. Like when they say take one day at a time, I mean, I now know what they meant when I was at that <laughs> hospital. <laughs> Are you still meditating? How much time do you meditate per day now? Two hours. So I get up at 5 a.m. and I meditate from 5 to 6. And then right before I go to bed, I also do an hour of meditation. Okay. So I, I want to ask you, well, uh, I've got so many questions. First, um, <laughs> sure you do. <laughs> can, you, can you describe the experience of when your vision first started to come back? Yeah, it was actually in one eye. And um, I was like, Oh, my gosh, this is actually happening, you know, all that hard work for all these months. And it was so hard to keep the faith, you know. And I think as entrepreneurs, this is a great uh, analogy for everybody. Because even when you can't see the result today, if you just keep taking those consistent baby steps every single day and you believe that outcome is going to happen, whatever that outcome is, it will arrive in your life. And that's the same thing when I was focused on that vision and I got that back in that one eye. I was just, I mean, I danced around like, for days, you know, like just being able to see the blurry white and not the black. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, like this is the turning point. Like this is, this is me being shown like all this hard work, all this faith, all this belief um, in myself and in that higher power to really aid me in the process. I mean, it was a miracle. I mean, literally it was a miracle. The doctors, I went back this February and they, they cannot even believe it. They've wow. never seen this happen in anybody. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm meditating. I'm believing <laughs> I'm visualizing. And they just totally write me off. Right. Cause yeah. they don't want to hear that. Yeah. Like they don't believe in that. Right. And so they just sort of laugh it off, but I can't wait to go back there um, next year. Cause I'm determined by the end of this year to finish this process and go there next year and just 
I, I'm visualizing what it's going to be like to tell <laughs> the two doctors and see their faces and just, they're going to just freak out. Like <laughs> it's going to be amazing. <laughs> so was it, did you say it was six months until your vision started to come back? Yeah, it was six months. Yeah. So, so you keep saying about, um, you felt like you, everything was going to be okay and that you just kept believing and kept the faith. Did you, did you have, I'm sure you had self doubt come in and, and tell you, tell you, you know, okay, maybe this isn't going to work. Maybe I'll be blind the rest of my life. Did you have that? And if you did, then how did you work through that or overcome that? Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's the mindset, right? So, oh, we all have that negative committee <laughs> yeah. come in and tell us, you know, all these crazy stories that aren't true, right? Like none of it's true. We create our own reality in every moment, every decision that we make. And so, and I knew that at that point, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, those voices would come in and tell me, you know, this isn't working, um, you're not doing it good enough. And I think it was more me being hard on myself. Like I think we all do as an entrepreneur, like I'm not showing up for this enough. I'm not doing it good enough. And there's something I'm missing here. And I sort of had to learn how to have compassion to like the hundredth degree to myself and really work, work with myself and say, okay, well, listen, you're doing all that it is in these moments that you can do. And that's all you can do. And do you want to believe that this is going to work? Or do you want to believe that it's not? And you have a choice. It's just a decision. You know, it's the same thing with your business, you can decide what you're worth in any moment, like, and it's just a decision. And I know people get annoyed with that. And it's like, <laughs> but it's that simple. Like, it's really that easy. There's no big strategy to it. It's like, you've got to just decide and then take the steps moving forward to do it. And yeah, I was scared. And of course, the negative committee loved to come in there and chirp in my ear. But I think the meditations really helped. And I had to sit there when my body was raging with all the voices and I just had to sit there and say, no, like I'm in charge here. Like I understand where you're coming from, but there's a reason this is happening for me. It's not happening to me. And there's a reason for this. And I thank God every day that that happened to me because it led me to my ultimate passion and purpose, which is to help other entrepreneurs really live the life, a life wilder than their dreams. Right. Yeah. And I wouldn't have that fulfillment today if I didn't go through that experience. And so, yeah, I mean, we all have the negative committee. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Tiffany. So now you're on a scale from one to a hundred. How much percentage of your eyesight do you have back? Oh gosh, I, I don't know about a percentage, but I'm still legally blind. So I wouldn't be able to like drive uh -huh. a car because what happened is the corneas grew back irregular. And so the light can't refract back properly. So any light I see like 20 of them. Um, I mean, I can still make my way around and I, I have RGP lenses, which are plastic sort of lenses. I wear four contacts in my eyes in order to be able to have you know, vision, um, but it's still, it's vision, but it's still blurry and it's still like that white cloudy 
and the lights is like a, an issue, especially at night. Like we don't really do a lot of things at night. Um, but it's okay. Like it's, it's, it's really okay. I, I can't say a percentage. Okay. Gotcha. But in your goal is by this time next year to be a hundred percent. Is that it? Heck no. By January 1st, January 1st. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's just get it, get it done. It's about time. So I'm ready. So throughout this journey, I know you started some personal coaching and for female entrepreneurs and building a female entrepreneurial tribe. What kind of work are you doing in that space now? Well, I'm a high performance coach. Um, I've been doing that now. I started this about a year ago and it's going amazing. And I really honestly think that this has helped me to continue my journey of healing. It's been motivating because I realize now that it's not about us right? Like we're all here to serve in some way. And I feel like it's not about me anymore. Like this, my healing and all of this stuff is really, I'm strong enough to, to go through this. And I think I was chosen because of that. And to be that example and that light for other people to go, holy shit, what, how am I playing small in my life? Like what is really possible for me? Like, you know, and to just be that example. And so I don't know. I can't remember your question now. <laughs> I love to sort of ramble, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I was just curious more about the personal coaching that you're doing in the tribe or the community of female entrepreneurs that you've been growing. Oh, yeah. Well, I wanted to do that because I love community. And like I said, one of my biggest lessons through this was that we're not meant to do to do things alone. And especially as an entrepreneur, like you've got to surround yourself with like-minded people. Otherwise, it's going to take you a lot longer to get where you want to go, right? Yeah. We can all learn with each other. And when we surround ourselves with people who will lift us up and 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 show us what's possible for us, it doesn't make it it doesn't it makes it so much easier, right? And before I had that, I've always been an entrepreneur, but I've never like had a community like I could lean on and surround myself with. I mean, all my friends were successful, but I don't know. In this whole coaching realm, and I really wanted to be able to build a community for other entrepreneurs because, as you know, a lot of people struggle. I mean, especially to build a location-independent business. And I wanted to really bring people together so everyone can learn and come in there and get it you know, advice and get coaching and celebrate wins together and just have this community of women that are rising because there are so many women now that are stepping up to their passion, their purpose, and they're crushing it. I mean, they're, they're being so successful online and if they can do it and I can do it, anybody can do it. That's really cool. So um, I do some high performance coaching too for entrepreneurs. And I'm curious when somebody comes to you and they're, they're interested in improving their productivity or the results that they're getting, what are some of the, the mechanisms or strategies or tactics that you use to help get that person there? Well, number one is the mindset, right? Because yeah. if the program running in the background is negative, uh, this, I don't care any strategy, the funnel, you can build the best funnel on the planet, but if your mindset tells you it's not going to work and who am I to do this or charge this, I mean, all the crazy limiting beliefs that come in, if those are there, it's not going to work. So I work immediately with people on their mindset. Like I want to know the thoughts that are going through your mind every single day. 
And so I take inventory. I have them walk around with a little pad every 30 minutes. There's a timer and they log what they're thinking in their mind because 90,000 thoughts are going through our brain every single day and we're only conscious of 5% of those. So if somebody can come to me and say, oh, I'm, I'm being so positive and all these things, but in actuality, when we take inventory and we know exactly what's going on, they're not. <laughs> so we have to learn to reprogram those. Like your mind is just like a hardware program like a computer is. So we can get rid of that old hardware We just and replace it with new hardware, but until we know what's actually there, it's hard to do that, right? right? So the first thing I do is work on the limiting beliefs, you know, what's actually happening there with their mind. And then we move on to clarity, energy, productivity, influence, and courage, because those are the five categories that are the main things in high performance, as you know. Yeah. So I know you're going through Brendan Burchard's certification to be a high performance coach. And do you mind sharing why you decided to do that? And then some of the things that you're learning or uh, learning from that experience? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I love Brendan Burchard. <laughs> um, I've been following him ever since what happened to me, you know, he's part of Hay House. And I just I admire him so much. He's, he's one of the biggest mentors in my life. And so he's the biggest, he's the most successful high performance coach in the world. You know, he coaches Oprah, Tony Robbins. I mean, he literally helps Oprah create her online courses. Like he is the epitome of a high performer. And he did, I don't know if you've read High Performance Habits. I'm I have assuming. not. I have not. No. Uh -huh. oh, amazing <laughs> book. So he did like a whole study and he studied all sorts of high performers all over the world. It was a year long study about what makes them successful like what makes them be, be this high performer and at the success level that they are and he came up with this whole strategy of the five components of that which is clarity energy productivity influence and courage all of the high performers that he interviewed the most successful ones carried these attributes of these five categories and so when you get certified to be a high performance coach he takes you through everything, you know, in depth, like a deep dive on what clarity means, what energy means, what productivity really is, um, all the hacks, tips and tricks around all that, which I love productivity. I could talk about that all day long. Um, <laughs> and then influence and courage, right? Because if we don't have one of these five components, like it's going to take a lot longer to get where you want to go. But if you can learn how to implement all five of these in your world, then it's going to be a lot easier for you to get there and shorten the time span to get there as well. Makes sense. What are some of your favorite productivity hacks and tips? Oh my gosh. I think this goes for, I think it's a testing period. What works for one person doesn't work for everybody. So right. all my clients, like we go through a process where they'll test and trial something. And then if that's not working, they'll do another thing. But for me, what works the best is having 50 minute time blocks. Yeah. So literally like no interruptions, you shut the Facebook notifications off. Like you don't have the email dinging in your ear. You sit in the chair and you set a timer <laughs> and you're like, let's go. And you're focused for 50 minutes. Yeah. And I feel like that works to have four or five of those 
every single day. And, and when you have those time blocks, you're working on something that's moving the needle forward in your business. And I think that's so important because a lot of people get caught up in like all these little things that don't actually matter. And then they, they end up at the end of the week. Well, I worked, you know, 50 hours, 60 hours, but I don't see any result in my business. And it's like, well, what actually are you working on? Because we need to be spending more time working on moving needle activities than just like all these little minute things that make you feel busy, but are blocking your success. So I think that within productivity, the 50 minute time blocks is important. I think after those 50 minutes, the five minutes following are just as important. Get up, have water, you know, clear your mind, shake off whatever was happening in that 50 minutes, and then set an intention for the next 50 minutes because intention is everything. It's like, okay, I'm going to get this thing done, but if you're all over the place, then it's not going to work. I had a period in my life around 2012-ish, 2013-ish, that I was building a um, project for slave children in Ghana. And I was using that exact same method. I was 50 on, 10 off, 50 on, 10 off. And I would pull on a regular basis 12 to 16-hour days by using oh that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I would, I would those ten minutes that I had off, I would do maybe some pull ups or push ups or uh, run downstairs and get some food and shove it in my mouth. I would have a lunch break too, but it worked really well. It, at this time too, I was doing some contracting work where I was required to be online during that time, and so it wasn't taking a, a ton of energy to do that that contracting work throughout the hour, but I, I was online and I was doing stuff and sometimes I would do other work at the same time. But it was it was three or four months just because I had so much passion and energy driven towards the getting this project done and pushed out. And I was balanced, you know, and some, some people think that's crazy, but for whatever reason, that exact method worked for me during that sprint to get this project created throughout that time. So it's I can highly recommend it, and I think it works without a doubt. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd just like to ask, I think we're going to wind things down, but is there anything else that you would like to share about any part of your story or inspiring entrepreneurs or you know your coaching or productivity hacks, anything? Feel free to, to, to run with it for a couple of minutes. All right. So I think there are a couple of things that are really important for you guys to do, right? And so in the beginning, number one is the clarity. So you've got to know what lifestyle you want to live, where you want to go in your business, how much money you really desire to make, what your big vision is. Because if you don't have clarity around that big vision, it's you're, you can just be spinning your wheels for years and then you're frustrated. And I have a lot of women that come to me and they're exhausted in their business and they're like, you know, I just feel like I'm going nowhere and they're spinning their wheels. And I ask them, well, what, where do you want to be? And they, they just sit there silent. They don't know what the outcome is. And until we know the outcome, we can't reverse engineer how to get there. But once you know where you want to be in your relationships, in your life, like this doesn't just pertain to your business. In all areas of your life to be a high performer, you have to have clarity on where, like what that is. And then it's so super easy to build yourself a roadmap on how to get there because you just literally reverse engineer the steps and anybody can do that, right? But it, you've got to have the clarity on where you want to go. And it doesn't necessarily mean you've got to know in five years. It just means 
what in the next six months, where do I see my life? Or where do I see my life in the next three months? And then when you get clear, build yourself those steps and start taking consistent action daily to get there. And that doesn't mean you have to hustle. That just <laughs> means you have to align yourself and be that person. Like, who is that person that gets the stuff done in order to have that big vision become a reality and step into that person every single morning when you get up and remind yourself of who, who needs you on your A game today and don't make it about you because at the end of the day, this is never about you. It's about all the people you're serving in your life, in your business. You know, even if you want the successful business, who is it for? It's not just for the yacht and the Gucci purse or whatever it is. It's not just about the things. It's about who, like, do you want to take care of your family? You know, do you want time off in order to be able to spend time with the kids while they're growing up? Like, what are your whys? that are outside of you and start to focus on those every single morning. And I guarantee you that's the fire that's going to get you through those hard days when shit hits the fan mm -hmm. and you don't feel like showing up for it. Right? Because if it's just about you and the money, it's never going to work. Beautifully. So that would be like my, my main thing. And then just the mindset around all of it, build yourself a morning practice of getting yourself in that vision and in that mindset and absolutely believe that you can have, be, or do anything in your life because you absolutely can and it's just a decision. And start to understand how you're gonna feel when you actually have this arrive in your life. And start to get yourself in those feelings every single day because listen, the universe, God, Buddha, whatever you believe in, like I said earlier, does not respond to what you want. Like this is why vision boards alone don't work. You can see your vision all the time, but if you actually don't know how you're going to feel in when that vision arrives and get yourself there, it's probably going to take a long time if it even works. And so the universe, God, whatever responds to who you're being. And when you're in the energy of that person, it will absolutely arrive. And the more you do it, the faster that manifestation will happen in your world. And so that is like, that's, I'll end there. <laughs> I could talk about this for days. <laughs> <laughs> Tiffany, beautifully put. Thank you so much for sharing all your tips and tricks and wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. If the listeners want to reach out and learn more about what you have going on, where's the best place they could do that at? Yeah, my website is tiffanyjulie.com and all of my social media is I am Tiffany Julie. So Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And if there are any female entrepreneurs, not to leave all y'all guys out, we love you too, but if you are a female entrepreneur and you wanna come join my group, it is called Female Entrepreneurs On Purpose With Purpose, and we would love to have you over there. Excellent. Tiffany, again, I wanna thank you so much for sharing all your stories and wisdom with us. We really appreciate it. And we're gonna sign off there. Listeners, thank you guys for joining us once again, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thanks, Chris. Hey, listeners. Thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our annual Get Shit Done live retreat in Thailand. Both are designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to get a lot of work done rapidly. And whether you need some personal coaching while working away at home or a retreat in Thailand where you can get out of your normal routine and surround yourself with other successful entrepreneurs, we have those options for you. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. 
And we'll see you on the next podcast.